authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of Short Nonfiction for Authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively, and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. authors. I hope you're all keeping well in whatever part of the world you reside and listen to the podcast in. Today's interview is with award-winning contemporary and speculative fiction author Zena Shapter, and we're chatting earning money with emotion, ways of monetizing a creative career, how creatives might make money with emotions via the Japanese concept ikigai, how Zena has applied earning money through emotion in her own author career, Zena's advice to authors struggling to tap into the emotional aspects of their work and much more. So in my author adventure this week, pop the corks because I have finally managed to get my women's fiction manuscript away to my editor, which coincidentally is quite funny that this interview has appeared today now because Zina Shapter, who I met via the podcast, is actually my editor for the writer, the hairdresser and the nurse. So it was quite good that I got the manuscript away to her and also I'm, I'm releasing this podcast episode as well. So as you know, I've been talking about the women's fiction book for probably the better half of <laughs> I would have been talking about it last year but more so the better half of uh, the end of 2023 so it feels like it's been quite a hard slog to get it together it's been amazing it's been hard because it's been the longest form work that I've written so far it's told from three different character perspectives uh, so juggling those stories all together just yeah I, I, I'm so so proud of this work and it's not even finished I know that when the package, like when it is ready and held in my hand, I'm going to be bursting with pride. I'm really, really proud of myself as well for for not rushing this work. Um, So the deadline that I had to get the work through to my editor was like the 1st of December. So I'm effectively about four weeks late and it just wasn't where it needed to be. And I I wasn't just going to send it through without it being where it needed to be. There's just absolutely no point. And I have learned this through the many years of writing manuscripts and rush uh, you know the first one I ever done I rushed and put it out there Uh, although you know I spent a year writing it so (laughs) in hindsight it's kind of like was that a rush but personally there there was a process there and uh, yeah I've I've come so far in learning what the process is what what needs to be done and staying true to the process as well you know and always always go with your gut. You know, I I always talk about that first work and how some parts didn't sit right with me and I pushed it out anyway. And I dealt with, you know, crippling self-doubt and I have dealt with a lot of uh, insecurities, author fears as I call them. And, you know, if your work is the best, it feels the best it can be, it feels right. You have put your all into it and uh, there's no little niggling doubts anywhere. That is when it's ready to emerge. And you can always, you can always write it over and over 
over again and you know I could continuously waste time going over manuscripts I've, I've been quicker on the mark with this one I think in terms of not rereading over it that's what I've been guilty of in the past and I think that's why manuscripts have taken me so long but yeah I'm just so excited about this work so finally woohoo <laughs> but being obviously four weeks late it was it was more of a hard slog getting past the deadline because we're in school holidays with the children so you know I've got them full time and that is you know my kids are older so they can just see to themselves but you're still you're still feeling a bit guilty that you're you know you're working as much as you are when when they're there and all the rest but at the end of the day if I had a normal day job out of the house at an office that that's what would be the case that's that's life unfortunately and the kids are quite happy but I also went down with Covid over New Year that's how I spent New Year uh, I was working on my manuscript that's when I had planned to pop the cork and get that sent through but I did as much as I could um, I was out for about eldest caught it first and then I started to get a dry cough and then uh, I blew my nose and then I had it for I was positive for about four days felt a bit yucky it wasn't as bad as the first time that I had it honestly the fatigue took me out for nearly two weeks so I did feel a bit more fatiguey but it wasn't as bad it's just the isolation so you just feel you're climbing the walls and you don't have to do all the isolating now but you know it's common if you had a cold or you had a flu it's common decency among humans not to pass on bugs and stuff like that so yeah it's definitely covid's definitely making the rounds here i think as is the rest of the world but we're all just living with it now so that took me out for a bit yeah and there was just a few days obviously off days where there's there's other things that take my attention like this workshops i'm running next week uh, if you've been watching me on social media i am conducting two workshops and they're they're the same workshops just two uh, over next week so it is my non-fiction books so that series is called author linings and it's different it's five books under different topics i've only got two out at the moment but the first one i ever wrote was came out after i set up as a freelance writer uh, after i set up a freelance writing business after i graduated from uni after doing my writing degree and i just learned so many little tidbits to help like it would have been a really good <laughs> had i known them beforehand so but there's also a process processes as well in business that you know I, again if you you know these and you have them off the bat your business will run absolutely smooth as anything and you know you could you could probably no i mean there's some you could apply to authorship but not really so this workshop is the four documents you need to set up your freelance writing business for success so it's really aimed at freelance writing startups so anyone who knows of anybody like this in the perth area please 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 send them my way seats are limited i've capped them at 10 just to have a nice small intimate audience uh, but it is next week uh, the first one is thursday the 18th of jan 6 30 to 8 30 at edith cowan university the mount lawley campus and i'll share links in the show notes and it's next one is on sunday the 21st of january and that's at 1 30 till 3 30 and that's ecu joondalup campus so one thursday night at ecu mount lawley one uh, sunday at joondalup and uh, both both the same workshop <clears throat> two hours the cost is 45 dollars and in that the attendee gets uh they actually get a copy of my book freelance writing quick tips for fast success to take away which includes 60 plus quick tips on you know business value rates of pay mindset business mindset all these sort of things but that's not what we discuss in the the workshop they will also get the templates to the four documents that i feel a business a freelance writing business needs to get it off the ground and for better working processes so i find out obviously this by doing all my non-fiction books are through lived experience so i know what i'm talking about i've been there i've done it these processes will help any freelance writing person just run their business effectively you know i when i, I remember when i got my first 
freelance writing client and they phoned and it was like so where can we meet and I thought oh oh and I didn't even have I had no process set up to to deal with clients or anything like that now people might be different but these four documents I found are essential so they will help that person look professional provide easy processes to run their business give fast efficiency for working environments stop miscommunication and cover you both legally and professionally get you paid in a quick and seamless manner which is most important and ultimately set your business up for smooth success so you can can book tickets through try booking and so just look up the four documents you need to set up your freelance writing business for success links in the show notes i hope to see you there or anyone you feel will benefit from this so just quickly back to where i'm at now my author adventure because i i am effectively four weeks out of deadline so my schedule for the year i should now be uh there's a, a lot of business admin i need to catch up on i wanted to put the podcast onto youtube last year which i didn't meet and uh, I'm going to be doing in January and I need to just update the website and some documents that are linked with it and just make sure that all my correspondence meet what the hybrid author stands for now which is ultimately is a resource for authors writers who want to write across genres who want to publish many different ways who wants to have a hybrid author career they want to do this as a business they want to do it full time they want to do all the things all the ways effectively as well because it is a bit of a juggling act with commitments and and stuff but it feels like this year with the way that I have scheduled things and the pseudonyms that I've got effectively after February well now I will have three well how many have I got one two three three genres that I write in and yeah Anyways, so uh, the, the work that I um, should be doing in Jan now is is behind, obviously. But I actually think that that's not going to be a problem because st- there's still a couple of weeks left of January. And uh, I feel like that will give me enough time to get what I need done as well. So I'm feeling pretty happy about my work situation, what I've got to come. I feel like I've got a clear direction in sight because of the scheduling and the organisational stuff that I sat down and done last year and uh, had it already. So that really helps because I've noticed some weeks i have to make sure you know there's a there's a process and i'll be sharing it you know that later on this year that really helps me focus and achieve what i need to achieve and yeah that's going to all be part of the organized author which is a non-fiction book which may or may not get out this year depending on time i kind of have it there as a maybe but you know we'll see we'll see how it goes but i find if i don't write down or schedule what i'm doing for the week or with a rough idea that that's what i want to achieve in my mind i'm really floundering and i end up going where wherever it needs to take me and maybe that's an okay case some weeks but it's really I find I'm much better productive to achieve more when I have a rough idea of what I'm getting done and that's not do this at one o'clock blah 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 because sometimes that doesn't work for me but there'll be more to that to come so where are you now that we're mid through Jan with your you you know I've been noticing a lot of things on social media from messages it seems like the message this year is that it's okay to rest it's okay to do nothing more pajama days over say like crazy busy days a lot of this you know this work till you drop dead stuff seems to be falling by the wayside a lot of people are just slowly starting to get back into things now it seemed to be last week yeah the 8th of January things started opening up so it feels like a slow emergence into the year for some I feel like I have been flat out because obviously I'm still chasing last year's deadlines. And that has always been my issue the last few years, something that I want to nip in the bud. And I think this will be the year that I do it because my organisational scheduling processes are in full swing, pretty much. 
Hawthorne Creative, where beautiful websites for authors are brought to life. No matter what stage you're at with your writing, your stories deserve a dedicated space to shine. Whether you're just starting out or have a bookshelf full of bestsellers, your website is the hub of your author business, binding everything you and your books offer together. Thorn Creative can nurture all aspects of redesigning your old site or start afresh from the initial design. They can provide ongoing hosting and maintenance to marketing your books online, saving you time, money and stress trying to wrangle your site yourself. An author website built by Thorn Creative can easily direct readers to your favorite retailers, your publisher, or simply set you up to sell to them direct. The options are endless. Thorn Creative have worked with many authors across all genres and know what goes into good, functional working author websites to sell books. Head on over to thorncreative.com.au slash websites for authors to read author and publisher testimonials and to see what they offer and some of the sites they've created. Zena Shapter writes from a castle in a flying city hidden by a thundercloud, reaching across age and genre into the heart of storytelling. A multi-award winning author of speculative and contemporary fiction, she loves conjuring journeys into the beyond and unusual and is the author of books such as When Dark Roots Hunt, Song of the Cowl, Towards White and co-author of Into Torden. When not writing, Zena loves movies, frogs, chocolate, potatoes and living with her family among Sydney's beautiful northern beaches welcome to the hybrid author podcast Ina. oh thank you so much for having me we are thrilled and honored to have you it sounds like you've you've had a lengthy author adventure and lots of success but can you tell us from the beginning how did you join the writing and publishing world it was a bit of a wiggly road for me the signs were there if i had seen them earlier. When I was 10, my teacher accused me of plagiarism. I'd written a poem on owls and hedgehogs and she said you couldn't possibly have written it. My parents had to to come into school and see the headmistress um, to verify that I wasn't a cheat. And then the teacher proudly put it on the wall. And then when I remember when I was 14, my teacher discovered I'd been writing 72 stanza poem about a cavalier and had me read it out class. I was not popular that week among my classmates, <laughs> I can tell you that. When I was 16, I established a, a writer's group at school because there was, wasn't one and I felt there was a gap there. I then did English at uni, but the whole time writing was something I did, something that I used to express every thought and feeling I had, but it was not a job. So I tried publishing, journalism, went back to uni and studied law, became an intellectual property solicitor, and then realised I had sold my soul because I was a writer all the time I was writing of course I wrote several novels and then I switched careers back into to publishing and have been there ever since developed my narrative voice won lots of writing competitions lots of stories published and novels too and couldn't be happier now Wow, that's such an incredible story. I love that. <laughs> I can't believe the teacher sort of called you out for cheating. That's crazy. Uh, but yeah, it sounds like that was your calling. I'm also always blown away to hear when people sit down and do this in their younger years because I was just such a flake. So <laughs> I always, yeah, I admire that. Fantastic. Well, today we are chatting about earning money with emotion. So first up, can you please share with us, you know, how do you define that topic? 
work? Well, you know, this is something I wish I had known when I was younger, um, because if I'd known this, I would have realised that it, it could be a job. So I define it as how creatives have to monetize their emotions to support their craft. And I, I tell it to as many young people as, as I can find. If you are a creative, and, and we all know deep down if we are, there are ways to monetize it. And if you just pursue that monetization and diversification of your skills, you can make a living. You don't have to sell your soul. Uh, you don't have to do something your parents want you to do. You don't have to feel yourself doing a job that makes you miserable. You can have this wonderful life. I now have where I get to be creative every day. Mm, yeah, no, that's amazing. Do you feel that's true more in these days than, say, in the past because of the technologies we have and the opportunities we have for taking charge of our creative destinies effectively, you know, with indie publishing and all sorts of other things? Yes, definitely. And how much creativity is valued now as part of the, as part of everyone's lifestyle? You know, when I think of, you know, Maslow's high hierarchy of needs, that triangle that shows us how people can survive and thrive in life. And at the bottom, you have the physiological aspects, food, water, shelter, rest, and then uh, next row up safety and security, next row up belonging, next row up self-esteem, and very, very much at the top self-actualization. That's where creatives work. So you can see how it can often get left to the last minute, because all the other things are, are more important sometimes in life. But, but for those people who, who understand creativity is part of self-actualizing and self-expression, that's kind of where creatives can operate and can help other people live a fulfilled life. So if you are a creative, you can you can live in that space. But if you're if you're not a hundred percent creative, but you like to do a little bit of creativity, you can also access people who are working in that space. And that's all been enabled by technology, but also with this shift in culture to appreciate the nature of creativity and the value it has for all of us in life in our life. Yeah, absolutely. And also you know, I used to would probably have stereotypically thought of creatives like writer, artist, singer, someone in these kind of industries, and it's it's about the talent and what they can offer. But these days, it's definitely creativity comes into you know marketing businesses. Business itself is, is really creative. Like it's just everyone's looking for storytellers or innovation to you know express themselves through social media. Like it's a, it's a prominent part, isn't it? And in all industries, I think in this yeah, day and age. Yeah. And to express and share their experience. A lot of my clients as um, as an editor are, are businessmen who want to express uh, and share their experience of leadership or entrepreneurship. And um, they do so through writing a book, but not being a creative, then they, they need some help with that. And that's where... Um, you know, an editor can, can come in and help them. And then they have a book which they can use in their professions to show other people their expertise and the whole world a better. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So how can authors implement, you know, some of this earning money with, with emotion into their author businesses? What are some of the things that they could do? All right. So here we're thinking about people who definitely are creatives and, and they want to support that craft through using their skills. So I do you know Ikigai? It's the Japanese concept about reason for being. No, I haven't heard of that one. So I encourage all creatives to look it up. It's about I-K-I-G-A-I, -I -I, Ikigai. And what you'll see on the internet when you look it up is, is several Venn diagram type things overlapping. And it's basically, it's, you know, I'm sure that people who are very well versed in Ikigai will 
not like the simplicity of, of what is out there on the internet, but essentially you think about that which you love, that which you are good at, that which the world needs, and that which you can be paid for. And those all overlap. And uh, where that which you love and that which you're good at overlaps, that's passion. Where that which you love and that which the world needs overlaps, that's your mission. Where that which the world needs and what you can be paid for overlaps, that's your vocation. And finally, what you're good at and what you can you can be paid for overlaps, that's, that's your profession. And when I look at that and I look at my skills, and I look at my interests, I, I can write all over the diagram. Well, I'm that which I love is creating stories. That's that's easy. You know, what am I good at? I'm good at creating and writing, and I'm also really good with detail. I can be paid for editing, layouts, mentoring, teaching. What about what the world what does the world need from me? And for a while I wasn't quite sure what that was. And then I realized I was already doing it because I was establishing writers and I was working in the community to raise the profile of creativity. And um, I was making sure everything was really inclusive. And then I found myself tutoring teenagers and I realized, well, what the world needs from me is to do this, to raise the profile of creativity. And then I can also be paid for that teaching and doing appearances. So if other creatives really look at um, this ikigai concept and they look at what what they love and where these things overlap with what they're good at what their skills actually are and what the world needs then that can tell them what they can be paid for and in all of that obviously as creatives we are accessing our emotion in the process of all our creating and once we develop uh, hopefully an authentic and emotionally resident writing style you can then use that within that structure to really build your business. So that's that's the first step. <laughs> wow, that's so interesting. Yeah, I haven't heard of that, but it makes absolute sense and, and really clear logic as well. So no, and and so that's the first step. <laughs> yeah, it, that's self-awareness, isn't it? Yeah. So becoming aware of the skills you have, the passions you have. And then once you have that awareness, then you can look at where the gaps are. And th- those are the gaps where you need to diversify your skills that's the second step where can I diversify my skills you've got to think of yourself as an entrepreneur of emotion and once you can find those gaps and see how you potentially make money through those gaps then you can develop your skills as well through this you know your own well in case of writers a writing style or, or you know whatever type of creative you are um, a style that accesses those emotions and then that's practice so you need to write as a writer you write your emotions as often as possible while they're still raw and alive and and that's you know a real challenge if you can write about an emotionally charged experience and make sense of what you're writing then you can probably tackle anything because emotions is one of the most challenging aspects of the human experience because it's so complex and they're so contradictory. Probably why English is compulsory for HSC here in Australia, because it's so, you can like ice cream and you can like chocolate and you can like milk, as I do, but I don't like chocolate ice cream and I don't like chocolate milkshakes. And I can do that (laughs) because I am a a complex human being with complex emotions about all things in life. And yeah, so yeah. we need to understand that and unpack that. And if we can express that through our art, our creativity, then we can express anything and then we can help others do that. And people will pay us to help them do that. Yeah, no, those are some really good points there. I, I, while you're talking, sort of, I'm, I'm 
going back in my mind of when I started writing and I think it was it, it was very much a just sort of write and see what happens there was no plan there wasn't anything uh in place and it was really just all about what was going to happen and stuff like that and then in later works that I've written I found the emotional stuff was coming out a bit more the way that the characters it sort of tackled like a, a page and was thinking more about how do they feel here what am I trying to evoke emotionally and going forward that way and my uh, work has has kind of changed and I remember being a younger person probably the internet might have been around and stuff but I, I used to look through books for for answers and I guess a connection and I think that's how we connect with our readers and and people who will read our work is through the emotion and what we write so what you were saying there is yeah it, it absolutely connects can you share any examples of like your own works and how you've kind of tapped into your emotional emotional not state but <laughs> uh through some of your books or or, or evoked emotion like you felt at the end this is this connection's gonna do you know what i mean or <laughs> it's yeah, a ba- badly put question <laughs> um Yes, no, I mean, it starts with, as I said, you know, pushing yourself uh, emotionally with your writing. And, you know, when if you start, I started quite young, so that writing was a catharsis for me. And that led to a writing process that was incredibly honest about pain. And then when I started winning awards, my most successful stories were those that touched readers emotionally. And I realised that. So I realised it was offering them a chance to explore their own pain, affecting change in their lives. So being honest about pain kind of formed the basis of my, my personal writing process and if I can write a story and I can cry at the end of it I know I've succeeded so if if I'm not kind of crying at the end or, or at least choking up a little bit then there might still be some more work to do so I think also with writing because I, I enter competitions and I judge competitions and so with with the emotional connection that you were talking about before that's what I look for in in others in other writing and and it's not necessarily techniques it's just honesty and so I I look for that in in others writing as well as my own but most specifically and most recently I suppose when I'm thinking about how I wrote When Dark Roots Hunt I wanted to tap into the emotions of of young people today and so I interviewed a bunch of them about their feelings about the future and most of them I was going to say that's interesting what did they say (laughs) yes they said uh, and I was because I wanted to know what they wanted to read about and they said that they learned enough about drugs alcohol sex and depression at school and they didn't want to read anymore about it when reading for pleasure they wanted to escape to see their perspective authentically represented and to explore their concerns so I said what do what concerns you and they said they were worried about what kind of world they would inherit uh, about job ambiguity political instability threat of war the environment slash sustainability automated technology and Australian property prices I thought was very very mature isn't it yeah Yeah. (laughs) Um, they often said you know I I don't know how I'm ever going to be able to afford a home of my own so listening to those and and then you know as a creative who feels for other people tap into that those feelings and then you in my head I created a a world where there wasn't so when Dark Roots Hunt is is very much uh, a, a world predominantly of water and swamp with just towering hill farms with just a, a small bit of land on the on the top and this makes resources very scarce there's political unrest the future is scary and unknown and so it resonates with contemporary young adult readers as well as adult readers because we're all concerned about those same things as well and yeah so tapping into to their emotions 
and feeling them and thinking about them from uh, from their perspective has helped me create a whole world and then from there you I build a character and uh, and a plot but the whole world itself is based on what people have been been telling me um but even for other works as well if there's anything that I can't emotionally connect with and this is something that other authors might do but if they don't do definitely do it pick a I pick a similar experience I have had so the start of my novel Towards White starts with a dive scene but you would never know from from reading that opening that I've never been dived but I have been snorkeling so I access the emotion that I get from snorkeling the sense of awe and wonder and amazement at the natural world and layer that on top of the dive scene very consciously thinking of it as a snorkeling and then um, changing into diving and um, drawing on the, the emotions that I would feel in one experience but it being another experience Mm, yeah absolutely no it's really interesting there and do you have any is there any tips that you can offer to authors who might be struggling to tap into their own emotional aspects of the work is have you ever heard of any like exercises people can do to try and open the floodgates or (laughs) yes look I've got there's the Mars bar technique which I do like and and then there's just practicing having uh, raw emotions so the Mars bar technique is about thinking about a character in terms of wounds wants needs and lies so every character characters are not people people have many many wounds and uh, but with a character they generally have a, a smaller number of wounds to make their make it easier for readers to see their progression as a person so they'll have a wound but they'll be lying to themselves about that wound and the lie will result in something that they want what they want isn't really what they need so for example uh, let's say I want a mini Mars bar that's my want why do I want it because I had a bad night's sleep last night and I think it will give me energy that's the lie so I want a mini Mars bar I'm wounded by it when I sleep um, I'm lying to myself that it'll give me energy what I really need perhaps is to take a break not the Mars bar but uh, the Mars bar technique is it's just a good way to get into a character and then it breaks it down into what is what are those wounds and then thinking about those wounds compare them to you might not have had the wound that your character has but you might have had a similar one so then we have a similar wound uh, and then you can think about your wounds and I would say to authors to just allow yourself to crack open Uh, it's it's very hard when we're talking about emotions with friends and family we tend to water it down a lot we don't want to be judged by even our closest friends and family and we don't want it to be used against us in the future you know when people want to refer back to conversations so we tend to be very protective about them but when it's another character and it's you you write with the door closed and you don't worry about any judgment you just get it down you're courageous you you tell the character's story from your heart as if you are them um and you speak from within so that readers will hear hear you then afterwards you can open the door and edit um this is this is not anything new but it's just a reminder William Wordsworth the romantic poet he once said fill the paper fill your paper with the breathings of your heart and like most forms of creativity good writing comes from both skill and art working together skill comes from developing a and understanding of your chosen genre and a lot of practice but art comes from within so you've just got to keep reminding yourself 
that it has to come from within you. It might start with an inclination to express yourself in some way, then that inclination builds into a passion for the subject matter at hand. You add a degree of talent for understanding and harnessing emotion and thought. Then you finish with a willingness to share some part of yourself with others. So you have to get over the self-conscious barrier. It tells you to water down your emotions. It tells you there's a danger of having your inner turmoil judged. But without it, readers just won't connect. Mm. So you have to find comparative experiences. Great. With life, I get a lot of life story clients as well. A bit more difficult for them because it is obviously them that they're writing on the page. And they've just got got to simply open up more and put their feelings on the page as as authentically as possible. And then maybe have readers and editors who can warn them if they've gone too far. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. I've never heard of the Mars bar thing before, but as you were saying it, I thought this would be a great technique to put even just into your everyday life, you know, no, you don't need that Mars bar. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Mars bar technique is, is uh, that's, that's me. I do love chocolate. So um, anything to, uh, the wounds once needs lie thing is, is not it's not new it's it's mm-hmm. been out there but uh, maybe I'm the only one to compare it to a Mars bar <laughs> yeah I think so no that's really good and so what obviously um you've you've spoke about so much um earning money with emotion and through our author business as well as yourself do you you obviously offer services and things like that working directly with clients and do you do teachings with this kind of emotional stuff yes yeah yeah all of the above (laughs) I I do love mentoring you know it's it's a very cost uh, effective way for uh, a writer to build their skills because they can do as much or as little as as they need and I love editing as well though because then I get to really show writers where they could add more where they could put more emotion where you know skills can be edited but the emotion side of things it does need to come from from the author and I can't edit that in to their work but if they've gone too far or if their skills aren't there I can polish that up Mm -hmm. Uh, but that putting this the something of themselves uh, from themselves those meaningful elements that are them as a writer that that has to come from deep inside them in, in their heart in their mind what makes them vulnerable what makes them think and getting all of that onto paper that, that has to come from them yeah absolutely oh that's amazing so obviously you do mentoring and editing and uh, you must go and do speaking and are you still doing all the writers groups and things yeah exactly because that's what the world needs from me going back <laughs> yeah. to icky guy so um yes yeah, so i would do the workshops and the writers group that's what the world needs that which i can be paid for would be the editing book layouts mentoring and teaching but i just i'm just good at helping others generally I love yeah. helping others. It's just a, a natural instinct, I suppose. All these things, like, uh, is the book writing your main your main passion, your main drive, and then all these exactly. things kind of feed off that? That's the yeah. passion, yes. <laughs> it's all in service of my passion. That's what motivates me to, other than just simply liking helping other people with their creativity, it enables me to sit with my laptop outside and put one word after another as often as I can every day and that is my absolute uh, passion creating worlds and and characters and and expressing everything oh it's just no how much fun 
<laughs> I know it is it is definitely a, a very special career and uh yeah I feel very lucky that we get we get to do it but thank you so much Zena for your time and expertise you've shared so so much with us can our listeners discover where you know we can find your books on and offline and all the stuff that you offer I shouldn't say stuff all the services <laughs> the amazing services you offer <laughs> well I'm very lucky to have an unusual name so if you just look for Zena Z-E-N-A chapter s-h-a-p-t-e-r i'll i'll come up um, my website is xenashapter.com i'm on social media at xenashapter yeah it's just everywhere xenashapter <laughs> fantastic well thank you Zena. that was fantastic thank you very much for having me i i love talking about anything to do with writing creativity and today emotion yeah So there you have it, folks. The absolutely all-inspiring Xena chapter. Go check out all Xena has to offer over on her website. And you can tell from this interview that she knows so much. And you can learn so much from her as I am. Next time on the Hybrid Other Podcast, we have a very young author, Mel Franca, And she's joining us to chat all about what motivates young authors to write. I wish you well on your author adventure this next week. That's it for me. Bye for now. That's the end for now, authors. I hope you're further forward in your author adventure after listening. And I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.